We are back with another episode of Odds and End Zones on BGN Radio Hill. I am joined always, as always, by my guy Zoe. Zoe, what's up, my man? What's up, brother? Happy Saturday. Uh, it's a nice Saturday recording on Saturday this week. I think you'll be listening to this on Sunday. Yep. Uh, but went to the Flyers game last night. First Flyers game of the season, home opener, season opener, both. And they lost in shootouts, Carter Hart played terrible, which not the most unsurprising turn of events. Uh, I may have called him Carson Hart last night. At the game. <laughs> uh, but I did hit on for the odds and end zones brand. I did Joel Farabee to have the first goal. That's and he did. Cool. I had a plus. I did a good, uh, good for the brand. I did a, sh- I did a lot of shopping around. He was plus 1100 on DraftKings, and I got him at plus 1200 on Phantom. Yeah, very good for so the brand. So feeling good about myself. Right feeling good about myself. That's awesome. And I was feeling good about myself at the Eagles game on Thursday, just going in there. And, the, and I'm talking not just because they were playing Tom Brady, but from the pure atmosphere perspective. Yeah. I think it being a Thursday night game, and I wasn't even sure it was definitely going to be a great crowd because, yes, it's a night game, but it's a Thursday night game. I know tons of people can't swing those because yeah. of work, because of others' responsibilities, because people say, you know, I don't want to really do that and have right. to go to work on Friday right. morning or they're not able to take off Friday. There's a lot of factors there that you might not think it's going to be as crazy of a crowd as it could be. But – we had talked before that the 49ers game I thought was a disgrace from the fan base. Yeah. Kansas City was like fine, but it's still like it, it didn't feel like a true Eagles game, I think, because of the way people have already soured on the team. And that's only increased yeah. since then. And the fact that they were playing again an overwhelming opponent. They've played some great offenses so far. And, you know, Tampa Bay is that kind of like Kansas City in that obviously they were both in Super Bowl last year, but they're both high powered offenses. Both games you think, you know, as Eagles fans, they might go there and get smacked. Right. And they did do a little bit of a back to worrying. But they did cover against Tampa Bay and made it interesting at the end of the game. But I said I will say that I am happy with the fan performance there. I think people were rocked up because it's Brady. There's not that same connection with Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. if Andy Reid was somehow a player and on the field, maybe it would be like that. But for any fan base, Tom Brady brings out the the rowdiest and and the opposing fans. But for Philadelphia specifically, given how uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two went on February Fourth, Twenty Eighteen, that's that's even more so the case. Yeah, I think. Um, there was always, or there's always going to be that 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 rabbit, uh, you know, personality that he brings out of fans, just because he is who he is. Um, but for us, especially, you know, our fan base, and given what happened, you would want a Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that it's always going to be even more special, mostly because he, in so many ways, he always hints at how this team haunts him. Um, you know, now they're obviously recently. There are only two teams that haunt him, right? Literally, only two There's teams only that two. haunt him. There's only two. Eli's Giants and Nick Foles Eagles, the only teams that haunt him. Um, so, you know, I think given – also, you know, given the – it means a lot more. You know, there's only 10 players from that team on this current Eagles roster. And, one's gone from you know, one's what, gone what, Thursday one, night. Recent events, one's gone. So, you know, I, I still think that it's – um. It's something that it's really cool that it still sticks in his crawl because you know we obviously still celebrate it and we still talk about it. So it's fun to know that we're still on his mind too. I would be mad if we weren't. <coughs> I mean, the way we revel in this, yeah, the fact that if he was so blasé about it and just treated it as a game that he was playing the Carolina Panthers or something like that, that would yeah. pee me off. I think like, sure. like he was like he was like ah oh, whatever you know like I, I won another one since then like you know it was just another. 
another show for me. But the fact that it still pisses them off, is, it means a lot more. Yeah, and I think it, that was definitely true with the Foles game last year that was on Thursday Night Football. I think it was actually coincidentally week six, too, yeah. um, when Chicago and Foles came in and, and beat them there. You know he wasn't – I mean, that was the infamous for the second time uh, <laughs> snuck uh, Foles with a handshake. Yeah, the, when, he, when he snuffed him again on the handshake. Yeah. We got your number, Tampa, Tom. What was the vibe of the atmosphere from watching at home? I was there were some there were some F Tom Brady uh chants going that were nice. And th- I wanted to mention this on the pod. There's a guy a row in, or two in front of me, not a guy that usually has season tickets, not someone yeah. I've seen before or anything like yeah. that. Or you know, there's there's people behind me I have a good relationship with that I've seen for years and years, yeah. but, you know, certain seats and certain rows or whatever. And I'm I'm leading the charge a little bit on the, the F Tom Brady chant, as <laughs> as you could expect. And the guy's like going out to either go to the bathroom or buy a beer or buy your food, and he's like looking at me, he goes, don't do that. He like feeds off. And I'm like, it's Tom F and Brady. Nothing anyone could say in the entire universe could get in his head, either good or bad. Like me doing that doesn't affect that. He has the most tight one killer personality in the history of the sport. Like, cool. If you're not going to go there and have fun on the Thursday night, why are you even there? It's like, it's like saying that that's so ridiculous. It, it's almost, it's like saying, yo, don't, don't say F my majority, man. He really feeds off that. Like, like it's going to happen either way, man. He's he wants to he wants to cut our cut our hearts out regardless. Like it's not like maybe maybe if we be nice to him, he'll only beat us by sixty points instead of you know the, the typical seventy a night. No, like they want to they're they're type one killers. They want to they want to end you either way. It doesn't matter if we're saying F Tom Brady or not, or you know, or, or we're giving a low golf clap, you know, when he's uh you know when he's straightening himself up. That, that yeah, does not matter, dude. Yeah, he's throwing a touchdown on to Antonio Brown, and we're all supposed to golf clap for him. Like, yeah. hats. We're doing the we're nice doing the Jeter nephew salute to him. Right. Hey, hats off. You really spoke with defenders on that one. You awesome. you really got us again for the thousandth time. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. Like, I I thought, I I, I thought the I thought the, the vibe at home was. Um, I think a lot of us like taking taking. You know, toll of the Twitter timeline and stuff like that. I think a lot of us expected a blowout. Um, yeah. I think a lot, but we were also, it was a pleasant surprise. But the thing that sucked the most is when you just saw they just weren't good enough. Like, yes. they, but you know, like they just are a, they're, they're, they're a bad team with no offensive identity and a defense that just isn't good enough on the back end to make crucial plays right and like when it's when a team shows you who they are you have to believe it and they're a two and four football team right now and that's it, that's a reality but more so i think what you saw watching at home on thursday night is there was no faith that they would get the, the stop that they needed or they would no. make or they would make the drive they needed because if Tampa Bay just if Tampa Bay doesn't go for it on those fourth downs and just kick the field goal they're supposed to, it's, that game is over before before we even turn our turn our yeah. heads. But like the fact that they couldn't capitalize on all those mistakes and they couldn't capitalize on the time when the defense actually did stop them shows you exactly how far away like where the gap is between them being able to win that game and how they really lost that game. 
The back seven is killing me. I will give props to Avanti Maddox, who I thought played a really, oh, really good game. So, yeah. and honestly, probably his best game since his rookie for season sure. where he did flash a lot for filling sure, yeah. in uh, for a couple different defenders at a couple different positions. But uh, and I think some of it is, you know, there it's all it's the chicken or the egg. Is it the scheme yeah. or is it talent? And they're certainly not super talented on the on the back end, specifically at linebacker. I think they're getting absolutely crushed. It's a yep. you know an ad nauseum thing people have been talking about for decades. And sometimes I feel like it's okay. Like it was okay in 2016, 2017, and 2018. They had guys that were good enough there. But Alex Singleton could lead the league in tackles, but if he's getting tackled getting pushed back eight yards downfield and making the tackle, it's not really yeah. doing much for you. Like it's like his tackles, he leads, he'll leave me in tackles because he's always getting juke after the first tackle. Yeah. So the first attempt, that, yeah, O.J. Howard runs him over and then he recovers and he chases him down. So, like, good effort, but you literally, you're tackling him 10 yards after you needed to. Uh, we were two straight home games. I've seen Jonathan Gannon somehow, he doesn't want to play dime, which, like, I'm not a defensive maestro. I understand what you're doing, but... Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, we've seen in two two straight home games, specifically when I'm there, uh, we've seen uh, Eric Wilson or Alex Singleton sticking Tyreek Hill. And then, we again, we see, you know, Davion Taylor on Antonio Brown. Two of them may be the two of the five or six most talented wide receivers I've ever seen. And because Jonathan Gammon doesn't want to go in a dime, they're not a dime team, even though they – Right, you can be a dime team if you want to be. You, you want to be a you know dime I mean? team. Like, Are you a nickel team? Like this team stinks on defense. So it's like if you're going to stink either way, why don't you just have the right personnel out there to counter? You know, two of the most explosive offenses in the league, or you know, two of the most explosive offenses ever. Really, when you look at the, the toll of the talent, and like just, to see that yeah. it's like what are you, you're not learning anything from these mistakes already. And it, there's no. He says it as in like there's a there's a tax you have to pay for being a dime team. You can be whatever you want to be. So like yeah. if you decide during the week that you know it maybe maybe it benefits us if we play a dime, then okay, you're playing a dime. And then it doesn't it doesn't get any easier to be honest. You go into next week, you going into Vegas when they need a win. The kind of week that they had, you know, and you're going up against uh, a, a familiar face in, in Nelson Aguilar. But then they got the new rugs on the other side. You know, they got Waller. And, and so, and a couple of young guys who, who tend to flash. So, history tells us, recent history at least, that we're almost, almost assured to see another linebacker sticking one of their incredibly flash slot players. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to piss us all off again. Well, the thing that I don't understand when he's saying that they're not a dime team is that I thought the whole point uh, that we were gassing him up this offseason about and kind of sipping the Kool-Aid was that he doesn't have one true defensive scheme. Right. That he could be a 3-4 team. He could be a 4-3 team. He could do a bunch of different things, have mixed fronts. So that's true for the front. Why can't you mix it up and not just be a nickel team, but a dime team at times, or even a quarter if the situation calls for it? So I don't really understand that at all. Because like, the, why? the identity of this defense is kind of in the sense that they don't have an identity. They're able to do a bunch of different things in theory because in practice it hasn't been that case. But why not in theory again? <laughs> can't you also be a dime team when you're playing against these teams that have unbelievable slot receivers or receivers that are incredible just have to be lining up in the slot? And again, it's a case where they've played not just Kansas City and Tampa Bay, but Dallas is obviously looking like one of the best offenses in the league too. And Dak, unfortunately, having a you know, MVP caliber season as much as I hate to say it out loud. It just, it, it, it's, it also, it sounds like they both 
but him and Sirianni went to the, the Doc Rivers school of making adjustments, which is we don't make adjustments. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, the the common thing, like Sirianni was saying, we're not changing preparation, we're not changing, you know, our offensive approach. You know, he's saying we're not a dime team, we're not we're not changing much up. And like I, I, I get wanting to find an identity, but maybe that's not the way you find one. And so like you're not the Ravens of of old. Like Ravens had Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, and they did what they did every single game because they dared teams to just beat those guys. Like we're gonna make you scheme around us. We don't have that. So like you can't you can't tell people to scheme around us. Right. So if you do, what they're gonna do is what the past two teams have done, they've trotted out four wide receiver sets and sometimes three wide receivers and a and a really, really good tight end. And they just dink and dunk and beat you and they tip their shots down the field and they bet that one of their receivers is gonna be on one of our slow linebackers. And sure enough, you know, here it is. So I, I think that eventually you're, you're going to get out schemed or you're going to get schemed out of what you're trying to do and you have to make adjustments and they haven't they haven't showed the willingness to do that so far quick aside from a typically boring eagles team i have to take that i believe this for a bit that ed reed is the best non-quarterback of all time yeah i think so i love that yeah i, yeah, I think he's like, like obviously dawkins is my god but I mean, he's not Ed Reed. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're different yeah. types of players, and they were in a similar errors. But you know, I think Dawkins is better than Palomalu, but Ed Reed is, uh, I, I you think, know, in all, yeah. in all, all, all time. I love There's him so much. Two rings, right? Yeah, or just one, just one. I appreciate that too. When I when he got drafted after that two thousand team, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, when I was when I was like little, obviously, I think I, I love Dion. I love Dion because of the flashiness and and the sneakers. But I think. Non non quarterback, yeah, he every is definitely the best. I, I've never seen anyone cover the amount of land that he covers on the football field, and he did it effortlessly too. Like he, yes, a very 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 hard player. He you know he got his nose dirty, went down a hit, did all that stuff. But he was someone who was just he was always knew where the ball was going to be and where to go, and. He's another guy, speaking of Brady, who Brady said like gave him nightmares because he was yeah. so good at what he did. It never mattered. So like they may have Brady may have won the game, but it, it was never easy going up against Ed Reed because he's so good at everything that he did. Like he was he's we, we may not ever see like that another prototype like that before because no. guys just don't come out of college that prepared anymore. I mean, that Miami team was nuts. You know, in in, in Anyway, you know, speaking of of college, but the way that he came into the league as prepared and polished as he was, and as ready as he was, there just won't be another another safety like that for quite some time. I love that Miami team. I, I hated that he went to the Giants because I absolutely love Jeremy Shockey. Like every like yeah. young white guy had to love this like yeah. brash like post new metal you know receiver slash tight end or whatever. He was the he was the he was one definitely one of the first and he was and what sucked obviously was well he's, he's watching him as a giant yeah like exactly he, he was he was also very good like, I can take a guy who sucks and talks trash all you do is joke on him anyway like he talked trash and he backed it up because he was so good he just hated yeah him. he's one of those guys you know you hate him if he's on any other team but if he was on the Eagles he would have been like my favorite player of all time. Right, you're like, you're like, dude, I, I can't stand the guts, but if you were, if you were wearing green, 
would be my favorite player. <laughs> yeah. And with Ed Reed, I feel like you mentioned Dion. I think there's a top three with those two and Charles Woodson for the best ball skills ever for a defensive back. And Ed Reed, I think you can make the case for any of them, really. I mean, I remember, so I remember watching um, Charles Woodson when he was at Michigan. And I remember him, like, there were games they played, like, they're big games. He never left the field. Yeah, like he would he, he would play the defensive downs. He would play. He would he would do punt and kickoff returns, and he would even come in and play receivers sometimes, which yeah. is crazy. Like if you think about how many snaps dudes take in college football like that. So like in Ohio State game, you know he never left the field. Like that's just ridiculous to think about. And how I mean he like was making Pro Bowls and stuff into his thirties. Like yeah. Imagine the amount of he won Defensive Player of the Year or first Defensive Player of the Year? No, well, first team All Pro at cornerback in 2011 at 35. He won the Heisman in 1997. Think about the, the gravity, the gravity between that, the 97 year Heisman winner, and then almost what 17, 18 years later, you're 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 still making Pro Bowl. Like it's nuts. And and he's a and he's a guy who um, you know he's a really good football analyst. Um, oh, I think he's awesome, dude. He's so good, and he, he just know he knows the game. He's really smart at it, and he doesn't he doesn't over talk. A lot of those, a lot of those guys just by nature over talk, so like they hear themselves and they like to see themselves talk. But I wonder what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Could be us. Um, he's just someone who <laughs> always. Uh, He's just a him, him and Champ Bailey. I, I used to love Champ Bailey too. Oh, Champ was mine. Uh, Champ was a uh, Lowler's boy. That was his favorite player of all time. Dr. Lowler. Uh, yeah. I love Champ Bailey, man. Champ was he, awesome. He was always somebody who was always one of my favorite players to watch. He, he was another guy who just, he didn't talk much, but he was just so, so, so good. You, you just loved watching him because you knew he was going to make a play. They, like, if that, that team ever needed to play, can't really was coming through. That's low key one of the worst trades ever, I think. Him oh, really? Portis. And I think Clinton Portis was awesome in Denver. Yeah. He, I mean, he played a while in Washington, but it was never like young Clinton Portis was, again, another hurricane, obviously, uh, an absolute beast in Denver. At that time, they had three of the best running backs I've seen in my life in that division between LT, Priest Holmes, and him just for that and era when they got him yeah and that, and that was that was awful trade i think but i still i mean i get it but it, i think it would never happen it, now obviously no. I mean, they just tell you how good champ bailey was but they they did that anyway yeah no that would never that trade would never be done no but, it's like trading jalen ramsey for i don't know like derrick henry no one would do that yeah that's exactly like the the, the gravity of it considering you know where it was and where both of guys were in their careers would be like, yeah, like the Chargers calling to, or whoever. I'm sorry, the Rams calling tomorrow and saying, "Yo, like, what's up with you know swap for swap?" They're, pro- I mean, the, the you never of- see swap for swap in football. It's a baseball move. You know what I mean? So that's so funny because I was talking to my uh, my dad about it the other day, and he was saying that um, as long as he's been watching the in the in this, like, we're talking, we were talking. Um, you know, number 25 for the Sixers. 
I don't. He who shall not be named. Um, but he was saying who? Like, see. Yeah, <laughs> who? Who? Um, you never. You rarely see like a swap for swap in in the NFL. Um, it's like, it's mostly like a baseball thing, and sometimes basketball. But even in basketball, it's always something else attached. Like guys rarely make the same amount of money. It's usually so one guys. big guy, and then like two or three smaller guys, and then yeah. a couple picks. Yeah, or like, and then like you're, and obviously your draft picks and stuff, but like you got to put. So it's a situation where they a quick another quick aside. It's the situation they're in, which makes this whole thing stink even worse because he's a max player. So now, like you can't unless you're taking back a max player, like a Dame or a Brad Bill. You all, the players you take back also have to match. So like, you got to find six guys who make up to what Ben Simmons is making too. So like, but like, take those six guys, and they got to be something. It can't just be like, give us your three best bench players and you know yeah. your, your two French starters. Like that sucks. That's an awful trade. But like, you got, so it's a I. I God bless that front office because I want them to get it right. They need to get it right for the sake of growing B, but I do not envy the position I think Daryl Morey will buy an NFT of Woj's tweet of the Ben Simmons trade. Oh yeah. We should you know what? We should take we should get the odds on that. I should talk to <laughs> we should talk to somebody and see if we Let's can see get what Wavy's got on it. Some kind of, yeah. <laughs> see what we can get. Again, we're we are just a that ain't five, no affiliation. So we should we should reach out to everybody and see who's willing to put to put some odds down on that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We can wrap up with some odds here, I think, for... uh... Next Sunday, the early line, Raiders haven't played yet. You'll be listening to this on Sunday. The Raiders will play then. Uh, we're recording this early on Saturday, the 16th. Early line for the Eagles in Vegas next week, Sunday, October 24th. What would you guess the line is? I know you told me – I told you what it was before the show, but, like, what would you have said you thought the line would be? I would probably say in, – in Vegas, I would probably say the Raiders would be a touchdown favorite. Plus two and a half. Oh. I haven't gotten any of the lines this year for the Eagles, and I haven't touched any of them. I know they covered yeah. against Tampa Bay, but are they just the ultimate backdoor cover team? Because they did the – I don't think they covered against San Francisco, but it was a situation where they scored again late. They scored again late against in Dallas. They did it so, against 
Kansas City is this the the identity of this team is that they could be a good backdoor cover team. That's the identity. But Nick Sirianni can't say that. It feeds into my so my next point. This 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 is not coming out again. You guys listening to this, um, you know, on Sunday after the the Eagles have played Tampa Bay. But my a point that it feeds into is in the past few games, uh, Jalen Hurts has, has had two rushing touchdowns. I that leads right into that backdoor cover thing. Because that's a good, like they're such a weird fourth quarter team where like they don't they have this you know little engine that could so like they keep playing hard so they get those two like garbage touchdowns at the beginning of the fourth quarter and they eventually lose the game. I I think there might be a point there might be something to like Vegas saying all right well if they do that against the Raiders they actually might win the game because I so I I, I think that's part Vegas of knows right. If anybody knows Vegas does, that's for sure. You're not going out there, right? No, I wish to. Could you, I actually, I've never done Vegas like as an I went there once when I was with my parents when I was younger, um, just you know, touristy yeah. thing, but I've never gone as an adult. I don't even know if I want to go. Like, sure I'd wanna it's all inclusive, sure, but uh feels a little rough on the pockets. I mean I you could make it. it all back, I guess, in theory, if you're uh, great, yeah. you got those odds and end zones going. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great city. Um, I've been a couple of times. I actually got actually got married in Vegas. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we on a whim or no? No. So very quick story. We we wanted a, a destination, um, but we knew we knew that. And at the time, um, my fiance had not gone to Vegas, so she said, "How about Vegas?" So I guess if we have to, I guess we, we have to go to Vegas. Vegas I guess we can. Can. You twisted my arm. We're going to we're going to, Vegas <laughs> to get married. <laughs> um, so we're you know we plan on going back probably to celebrate um, our ten year, which is you know five years away. So, um, but it's a cool city though, man. I I, I will my <laughs> my Vegas advice to everybody that goes is don't count how much you lose because you're going to lose a lot. So don't even don't even count it. Just close just close your eyes and say it was a great trip. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you in, in three more years, Vegas. That's how long you're gonna. T- it's gonna take to recover. <laughs> we'll, we'll be out there like uh, Timberlake and Charlie Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you? I know this will be out on Sunday after the college slate. But did you want to give your college picks, and we could follow up with them next week? Yeah, did Clemson cover last night? Did they win in the Dome? You know what? That's a good question. I turned it off. They were up a touchdown. Siri call Wavy Davy. <laughs> they won 17-14. Oh, they were, 13 and a half. Point 13 and a half. That's going to upset. I'm going to say. might get his thumbs broken. Swaggy might get his, uh, he might get his wrist broken or something. Cause that was a. Uh, that was his lot. He quad so, bombed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Wavy did say, like, I know he's a Q's guy that yeah. uh, Friday night in the Dome is a uh, – that's an undertaking. That's a – that's a even if Syracuse isn't a good team that specific year, that's a no-fly zone kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I, I like that energy. I agree with Davey. It actually is a – that's a weird – that is – that's got – that had trap game been all over it. I'm surprised it even came out with the W because – Friday night in the dome, it can be a house of hearts. Like you go in, you go in top rank and you come out losing. It's just a weird also when you're in college, 
a Friday night game is so weird to prepare for. Like throws your whole team, body off, and yeah. the home team is is ready for it. It's a weird travel week. It's weird, yeah. and they're they're nineteen yeah. and twenty year old human beings. If your school schedule is weird for a week, you feel right. that so weird because that's also that's one less day of practice. It's one less day of conditioning, and like one less day of getting your body right. So your whole week is thrown off. So everything you've done on a normal week, you have one less day of. Yeah, and you got to show up Friday night. And, and like be ready to win, like do the. That's how upsets happen. Yeah. So, our, so um, speaking of upsets, which I don't, I, I don't think any with these two, but I'm gonna um, write them down so I don't forget for next week. Yeah, so yeah. You're, so you're going on the record, bro. <laughs> so my two, my two, my two big, big ones for the week. Um, so we got uh, Texas versus Oklahoma State. Um, Texas is. Reeling from that crazy Red River shootout, Oklahoma, um, and they are facing an Oklahoma State team that's fresh off a bye. Um, but I don't know, man. Steve Preshian, uh has that team that that Texas team scoring forty four, almost fifty points a game. Um, they're actually desperate for a W right now to to stay alive in that in that Big Twelve division. So I actually think that um, I'm I'm going to take Texas. And the over, I think the over is over under sixty, um, and they they they're average, and uh, Oklahoma State can score as well. So I think Texas and Oklahoma, yeah, you team one for sure. Okay. Um, and the next one, my game of the week, our Georgia Bulldogs are <laughs> playing the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, this one's down in Kentucky team, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, down in Athens, between the hedges. Um, actually, it's going to be a really good game. I think Kentucky has a good defense. They have a couple of guys on offense who can score. Um, Georgia has a couple of guys banged up, but they got you know they're newly ranked number one team in the country. Um, you know after after Bama's loss, but I think that um, what you're going to see is it's probably going to be low scoring. Probably going to be determined by who can make a last stop, and that Georgia defense has yet to prove me wrong. So I, I think uh, I'm going to ride defense on this one, and I'm going to go Georgia money line as well. Do you like you? Not that you're picking this, but do you like Kentucky on the spread? What's the spread? It's got to be double digits, right? Uh, let me check again. Let me check. Yeah. I think the last time I saw was like 15. Yeah, if anyone, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. It's right here. Logging into. FanDuel right now, not affiliated. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> FanDuel, how uh, yeah, uh, oh, 20, and a half. and a half. I don't. So I like you, not that. Not that. Not that's your play, but yeah. Not that's you my like play. Kentucky. You like the Kentucky thing plus. I, I like Kentucky, Kentucky plus. Right? Yeah, that twenty one and a half is dangerous. I don't think they're that bad. Like I understand, I understand where they are. Obviously, Georgia is a house of horrors for many teams, but I think Kentucky's a little better than that. Have they ever been ranked number one in this Kirby Smart ever? No, I don't think so either. Just because no. they, they've been like two, three, four a lot, and obviously a lot of that. Yeah, they've like been two, three, four, and the Bama Clemson era. <laughs> I was going to say it's crazy because the Kirby Smart era has always been the Clemson Bama era, so like they've never exactly. had an opportunity to be ranked higher than. Two or three, or even four. So this is this is it. We'll see, man. I know he gets he takes a lot of flack, rightfully so, because a lot of his teams 
tend to be really good defensively and then suck offensively, mostly due to the quarterback. Um, so we'll see. He's got a good quarterback. He's got a, a formidable, you know, uh, on the flying receivers and one heck of a defense. So we'll see how he does. When, when would you say the last time Georgia won the national championship is? I just looked it up. Oh, my God, man. It's got to be. Neither of us were alive. Just to I was just going to say, terrible. I was born in 85. Definitely was way before I was alive. So 80. probably, was it 60s, 70s? 80. Woo. They yeah. have fewer national championships than the Penn Quakers. I'll throw that out there. That's incredible. <laughs> Given the, Given I mean, there might have been only might have only been three or four teams playing back then, but <laughs> they count. got they got the hardware. Still counts. And, <laughs> and given given the fact uh, that they are they are a power five program, it's crazy. It just it's also a testament to how hard it is to win. Like are we, that's actually in the SEC. It's a note that I put down too that it's really really hard to win in in college football. And and winning consistently and winning the SEC, so we've seen at least four other teams win: Auburn, LSU, Bama, Florida, Florida, LSU, Bama, Florida, Florida State, Florida, Florida State. State. Oh no, they're in uh, they're at ACC. Oh yeah, they're ACC. Really, Sorry, yeah, they, yeah. they could have been in the SEC previously. <clears throat> so like you look, just, I mean, you look at those teams. Like that's it's tough. It's a it's it is not for the wary at all. Well, you probably would have thought Florida has won more than they have, too. They probably have – they had two under uh, Urban. It was the Chris Chris Leak year. Yeah, Chris uh, Leak, Tebow was, yeah. a, was a kind of a gadget player. And then the, the one year when Ter- Tebow actually won. And then I think uh, Sperger had one with uh, Sexy Rex Grossman. And he might have had another Sexy one, Sexy Rexy. With, uh, or Danny Warfel. One well, of those you know, two. So, like, those teams – Again, like when we were growing up, like those teams, those like the Florida State teams, a lot of those teams we thought at the time we thought they won a lot. They actually didn't. Like they, they, yeah. they were just they were just flashy and had a lot. Hard of to win in college football. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. Dude. Like we we um we were like watching it, looking back at it now as an adult, like oh they never that team never won anything. They were just. They just had really good players and they're so flashy, but they never won like, like any hardware for it. It's all it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I will hold you to those picks next week. <laughs> and then cool, next week we'll probably we don't have a definitive date set. Ideally we could record Thursday or Friday. We'll go over some more Eagles Raiders stuff. Yep. We do have this early line. We'll see if that changes depending on how the Raiders or anything else going wrong in the yep. NFL occurs this weekend and early next week. But if for me, anything else you need to plug? Need uh, Sixers on Wednesday, need uh, 25 gone? Sixers on Wednesday, Sixers on Friday, home opener, need uh, need 25 gone. So I actually, so don't hold me. You may hold me for this. Um, I'm hold you too. I'm, I'm getting my pen right now. <laughs> I think this saga ends way sooner than we all think. Um, I think he's gone in the next week, two weeks. I, I, I don't. I buy what they're saying on on management end, but I, I think that for all parties involved, it's going to be a swift resolution. And I think that they will destroy the Pelicans on opening night. And I think that they Sam um, Zion, yeah, Sam Zion. It's going to it should be it should be a good workout. And then um, Friday they will they'll beat the Nets by five on Friday. 
Kyrie and Ben are going to be playing one-on-one at 18th and Johnston while the other <laughs> play. Typical for the end of life of those two <laughs> All right. I'll let you go, bro. All right, bro. Good pod. Be sure to follow us. Subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Also, we do these podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to the BGN YouTube channel. I will have our great podcast producer, Rachel, include a link to our podcast channel or Leading Green Nation YouTube channel in the episode description. So be sure to subscribe there. Help us out. You know, watch. Give us some thumbs up, some comments. All yep. that. Yep. So no Eagles this weekend. You'll hear this on okay, Sunday. Have weekend. a stress-free Sunday. Have a stress-free, stress-free Sunday. Saturday. Enjoy. Spend some time with the folks. Watch the session tomorrow night. Hit that pumpkin patch. Get it out of the way. Yeah, and call it a weekend.